Get ready for truth bombs and guidance from conservative leaders and entrepreneurs from God-fearing, freedom-loving, truth-telling, patriotic Americans. Welcome to Patriots with Grit. Now let's jump into today's episode with your host, Darren Ross. We are so excited today because today we're going to expose the Uniparty. And Randy, we have our good friend and our guest, Larry Ballard, back today. Yep, and so here we go. Larry Ballard is the author of Liberty Crusade. This book resulted from a near-death experience in 1968 when God provided Larry with a message to the people which would be revealed in the future when America and the world teetered on the brink of moral and economic collapse. Liberty Crusade empowers people by showing them who our enemy is, what the enemy's agenda is, and precisely how he has managed to divide mankind and enslave us. This knowledge empowers us to stand united and take back our freedom, usher in God's harvest of souls and a new economic system based on kingdom values. This is a God-ordained message of hope amidst chaos. This is Global Insights with Larry Ballard. Welcome back, Larry. We're so excited to hear what you have to say today about the Uniparty. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, the Uniparty is not a name you hear, but basically it's the reality of politics in Washington. We have the Republicans, we have the Democrats, but there's enough rhinos within both parties that in reality, no matter how much they bash heads and tell us that they're working to try to do the best for the American people, it's a uniparty controlled by the global elite. So what I want to do is have you go to slide number two, and I want to basically tell the people how we are controlled through the uniparty. So I just want this graphic up so people can follow along. They establish a central bank and printer currency. So what do they do? They charge us interest on every dollar they print. And that is what drives us into debt. And Joseph Stalin said that creating that central bank was 90% of establishing a communist government. Then the next thing they do, they buy power and influence at every start of society. So by virtue of having that central bank, they have an inexhaustible amount of money. And Human nature is what it is. If you can give somebody power, prestige, a position that they want, and all the money they can possibly imagine, there's somebody out there who's going to be bought. And that's where we get our politicians and our corporate leaders and our bankers and people in every strata of society who are greedy enough to say, I'll sell my country, I'll sell my soul, I'll sell my children if you give me enough money, enough power, and enough influence. And then that goes to something that should be dear to everybody's heart right now, which is rigged elections. So basically, that's really what most of this video is about, how they select, groom, finance, and place into power the people that we think we are electing, from the president to the congressman to the people in, in every walk of government and all of our banks and our corporations. It's a combination of the banking industry and the corporations, which Abraham Lincoln called the corporatocracy, that he warned us would one day have so much power and so much influence that it would take our rights away. And that's where we are today. Well, and the and last the whole, one is... The whole rigged elections? The whole rigged elections? Mm -hmm. Hadn't that been going on for over 100 years or, or even more and more? Yes, yes. And that's really what we're going to get into. That's the crux. We're going to go president by president. And I'm going to tell you that no matter how lily white they looked, when the end of their term was over, there was always at least one central piece of legislation that they pushed that drove us towards the global one more government. And you don't have to hold, know their whole record. You just have to know that consistently they pushed us down that road a little further, a little further towards communism and towards globalism. And the next bullet point I've got up is psychological programming. And this is from The Art of War. And Sung Su, the great military strategist from the 14th century, said that before you go into battle, you want to minimize any losses. And the way you do that is you start 20 years in advance programming the people. So I'll throw it to you guys if you got any comments, but we have been intentionally divided and pitted against one another in a myriad of ways. And at one point in time, we're going to do a complete show on that one topic alone. Well, Larry, at the very first of the show, when you came in, you said, you know, the Republicans and the Democrats in Washington, D.C., you know, they're, they they get up there and they, they put on a good show. They fight back and forth and they, they're like in a boxing ring. And it kind of reminded me when you said that immediately of going to court. 
I mean, you go to court, you have the lawyer on this side, the <laughs> lawyer on this side, the judge up there, and it's all just a big comedy show. I mean, you know, th- this one fighting against this one, and this one's fighting against this one, and the, and the judge is just sitting back there laughing. And then, you know, uh, af- after the after the trial that day or over the weekend, you know, they're they're all out playing golf together on the golf course, you know, slapping each other on the back and each other yeah. high fives. It's all a show. Yeah. And I know firsthand because yeah. our family has had different, you know, court-related experiences where, you know, we've had to, you know, be the defense or we had to be the plaintiff. And you get up there and you're sitting there in the in the courtroom and you just, you're laughing under your breath because it's so comical. <laughs> and that literally our family had one where the day after the first day of the trial, you know, the, the judge is walking out to his car and there the the lead attorney was on the, on the other side, you know, walking out with the judge, slapping him on the back, you know, and the judge was like, ah, you know, just, just playing. I'm like, you guys are criminals. You're all criminals. You're all complicit in all this nonsense. You all should be taken down. But I don't mean to digress, but it's just, it's all a show, whether it's your local courtroom or whether it's in D.C. That's exactly right. The, the interest, the same interest, regardless if you're a public, Republican or, or Democrat. They're put there in order to further the global elite's agenda, not to further what is beneficial to the American public. So moving on so we can get past this and get to the real meat, uh, the control and necessities of life. So the idea here, this is out of the playbook for communism. If you can control food, water, um, healthcare, all the necessities of life, you can make people feel like there's no hope. And people who have no hope are like sheep. They get docile. And so the whole idea of the propaganda and controlling the necessities of life is to feel like we've lost so that we'll stop fighting back so we'll be passive. And that is right out of the playbook for communism. And the next one is you drive a nation into unmanageable debt. And that's where they started by taking over the central banks. And that's about where we're to end this whole cycle. We are coming near the global collapse of the entire financial system. And then we're going to move into, hopefully, a kingdom system. We've got another whole video planned on what that's all about. And then they crash the global monetary system. And if Carl Schwab is right, we will end up having only nothing and being happy. But that would be the demonic system. And I think instead, we're going to end up having a transfer of wealth and the people of this world are going to see things that they've never imagined. And we're going to have freedom, just like our founding fathers wanted us to have. So with that, if you can move on to the next slide, I'd appreciate it. Ah, we're into the meat. So basically, this is where our 100-year story starts. What happened is there was a critical election coming up. And William Jennings Bryan, over on the left, was running for president along with McKinley. Bryan was against the big monopolies, and McKinley was for them. So that worried three of the most powerful men in the world. It it was Rockefeller of Rockefeller Oil, Carnegie of the steel industry and the railroad industry, and J.P. Morgan, who was a financial banker and stole from... um, from Tesla, the the energy control of our nation and set up General Electric. Those three men decided that they had to put McKinley in office. So they took their money, their power, and their influence, and they set out to see to it that McKinley was elected. And guess what? He was. He got elected. Now, I'll tell you a little story about McKinley later. It didn't work out quite the way they thought, but basically... This is one of those things that I talked about before. A replicable event had occurred. They understood that if they could take their money and their power and their influence from that point forward, they could elect anybody that they wanted president, a congressman, a senator. They could put them on the Supreme Court. They could put them in as president of key corporations. They could literally buy all the power and influence they needed to literally rule the world. So this is where the dynasty began, where they realized they could have absolute control over us useful idiots. And so, Unless you got a question or a comment, go ahead, For those just please. listening, this slide says the buying of the first president, our presidents are selected, not elected. If you could elect the president, you have a tremendous say in the decisions he makes, the policies he endorses, and the executive orders he signs. And from left to right is Rockefeller, Carnegie, Morgan, Bryan, and McKinley. That's a perfect quote. I mean, beautiful quote. So this is where they found out the value of money. Absolutely. Well, actually, 
Actually, they had found out the value of money a little earlier, but they hadn't applied it right. to electing a president. So that takes us to another replicable event that I'll go back to. That was before America was even founded. And basically what had happened, and there was a hundred year war between the French and the English and England went bankrupt. And so the Rothschilds had all the money, uh, the most wealthiest family in the world. The King of England went to him and said, I want to borrow some money. And he said, okay, but henceforth, I will print your money at interest for perpetuity. So that was the first central bank of the world. And what that told them is from this point forward, if we cause a war, which will be one of our whole shows, how they do that. Uh, Amstel Washington's mother said, if my sons did not want war, there would be none, absolutely none. And so they cause a war, they fund both sides, they bankrupt them, and they inflict them with the central bank. And that takes us up to where we are here, where they then learned that they could use that money from the central bank to buy literally anyone. So if you go to the next slide, we'll see where that progresses. Oh, guess what? We've got one, two, three, four, five men who oh, didn't go along. What? All dead. They're dead. They didn't suddenly. go along with the global elite. <laughs> and it's a coincidence. In this particular Absolutely. slide, showing, this slide says all these men opposed the financial elite and were assassinated or died suspicious deaths or died suddenly. For that, they had yep. to die. And left to right, yep. Abraham Lincoln, McKinley, McFadden, McDonald, Kennedy. Larry, elaborate a little bit on McFadden or McDonald, because I'm sure some of our listeners and our viewers might not know who these two characters are. Well, I'll just give you a little bit on each one of them. Lincoln was killed because he issued the greenback, which is a gold-backed currency during the Civil War. That went against the Fed. He had to die. McKinley, remember, they elected him, but they didn't really own him. He wasn't really in on it. They just used their power and influence because they thought he was a globalist, but he wanted to, to expand the transcontinental railroad system. We had a railroad from east to west. He wanted to put a railroad in from America down into South America. And he was at the Panamanian Conference attended by 50,000 people endorsing that railroad when he was shot. And the reason that that was something that the global elite were against was because it was going to change the balance of power in the world because goods could be transported by rail and it would take away the power of control of trade by England by sea. So they had to collude. They had to kill anybody that wanted to put that transcontinental railroad system into play. And McFadden is a congressman and he was, he was in the 1920s and we had just been inflicted with the Great Depression. And he had the audacity and the nerve to come out and file impeachment charges against who? The central banks. And he had a lot of evidence. And so he had to die. They had to snuff out that story. And McDonald, he basically was quite a few years later, I think it was around the 70s somewhere. And he basically had information that he said that the Rockefeller files was, was absolutely true. It was the collusion of the Rockefellers and their powerful allies to, to, to drive America into decline and to create a super capitalist communist economy that would rule the world. And that economy was gonna be modeled after none other than communist China. And then Kennedy, 60 or 70 years after his death, I think he died in 63, they still have not released the unredacted files on his death. So I'm going to just give you a little bit of um, uh, motive, means, and opportunity, and you decide what you think, audience. So why would someone kill Kennedy? Well, first off, Kennedy issued silver certificates, and they were actually issued, and they were going to get rid of the dollar. And along with that, there was several nations that have signed an agreement to implement something that we're still talking about to this day, Nassara, which was a system that once the Federal Reserve was gotten rid of, we were going to have a new banking system that would give people freedom. So basically, he was going against, again, the global elite, the Fed, and the central banks. He also knew that the CIA and our four-letter agencies had been penetrated, and he was making moves to curtail their power. And we were in the midst of the uh, Vietnam War, and he had refused to support the military-industrial complex by putting more boots on the ground. So my contention is that President, well, no, we'll get to that later, but basically for those four reasons, 
he was assassinated. And, and I, so I now we up, see. I want to bring up something too. Uh, who was the, uh, by chance, who was the uh, CIA director at that time? Well, that's where I almost started to go. We're going to go okay. to it in detail let's, later. Let's move on then. It, okay, but we're going to get to that. That's a really important question that you just okay. asked. And I, I've just so let's go to the next slide. A, I've just finished reading a, 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 a very lengthy, oh, I'll just say article on this whole Kennedy assassination, and it's absolutely fascinating when they break it down step by step by step and who all the people are involved, how it happened, how it played out, how the public was conned and tricked versus what really happened. It's just, it's absolutely unreal. I had no idea. It just takes all the stuff you learned in school, you know, with uh, you know, Jack it. Ruby and Lee Harvey, all, all those guys, and, and just, you know, I look at all that stuff, and I'm like, man, we as kids were just... What else were we lied to about in history? It's just amazing. A bunch. All right. Virtually everything. Let's keep it going. This is <laughs> so let's go to the next good. slide and see what we got. Now, this is the this is the meat and potatoes of the whole presentation. This is the hundred years of rule by the global elite where virtually every one of the men that you see there was put into power, was not elected, but were selected and groomed. So we start with Wilson. But before we get to him, I want to go back in time. Andrew Jackson had done something unheard of. We had a second central bank. We had a first central bank right after America was formed when America, guess what, went bankrupt following the Revolutionary War and had to take on a central bank from England. And then we had, we had refused to re renew that charter. And guess what? The British came back to us and said, well, then we're just going to take you back to colonial status. And we had a little war called the War of 1812 or the Second, uh, the Second Revolutionary War. So along comes Jackson and got, he got us out from under the Second Central Bank. And he said that was the greatest achievement of his presidency. So now we come to the first of the traitors. Well, speaking of Jackson, Wilson. Larry, I want to jump in here real quick. Mm -hmm. I, if, if my memory serves me right, and I didn't know this until just the last few weeks when we started really researching this heavily, wasn't Jackson, didn't they have attempted assassinations on him two times, and both times the uh, the black powder pistol failed to fire? I don't know about the black powder pistol, but I know there were two assassination attempts. And they both so you are, you are correct. I mean, they were basically both point blank. Yeah, they when were. When you start digging into the history of it. And like, they call him Old Hickory because he took the stick and went after the guy and, and beat him upon the head and shoulders. <clears throat> I think we need to be doing that now with people all in Washington. Uh, that hurts somebody's feelings. That's, that's too generous. That would hurt that's, somebody's that's too feelings. too generous right now. That's too nice. Okay, keep going. Uh, I, can, I can just see him, tall, lanky, running down the street with a hickory stick. <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> well, I want to point out something. I grouped these presidents not in sequential order, but I group them together because the things that the global elite do take decades. And so the first three, Wilson, uh, Coolidge, and Roosevelt, all colluded over their presidencies to achieve a single goal. So Wilson gave us the central bank, which put the global elite in charge of our financial system and gave them the means to drive us into debt. So Coolidge comes along and he's now queued up. And what does he do? He increases the money supply 64%. And we got a first we've never had, which always follows a collapse. He made arrangements for us to buy stocks. The, the Industrial Revolution was going on, we had the automobile, we had the radio, people were anxious to invest in the stock market. So he arranged it so you could buy stocks on margin, 10% down, 90% on leverage. Bam, that's the trap. Now the people come in, the stocks go up, they're having a feeding frenzy, and all the global elite have loaned the money. So on the prescribed day, they call in all the margin calls and the market collapses. And that's what took us in to the Great Depression of 1929. And then we come to Roosevelt. And Roosevelt is the only president we have that served three terms because he declared a national emergency. The first part of the national emergency related to the fact that we were in an unprecedented depression. And then the second part was because World War II started while he was in office. But what he did is in 1933, a few years after the collapse had started, we declared bankruptcy. And when we declared bankruptcy, 
Roosevelt, who had ties to New York bankers, stepped in and said, oh, folks, we're going to need you to turn back in your gold and your silver. And if you don't, well, we're just going to put your butts in jail for 10 years and we're going to charge you $10,000 as a fine. So people turned their money in and guess what they did? As soon as they got it, they issued a new currency. And to back that new currency, they used gold because now they had to give people confidence. But guess what? They doubled the price of the gold. So effectively, they stole that money from us. So Wilson, Coolidge, and Roosevelt all colluded over the entire terms of their presidencies to take us to the point that they could implement the issuance of a central bank and the collapse of the Great Depression. So that, here was the key to the Great Depression. What it did is it caused us to declare bankruptcy. And when it declared bankruptcy in the congressional record of the United States, it says that as of that date in 1933, the US is no longer a republic. All federal offices exist in name only, and the U.S. is henceforth a democracy, a socialist communist order. So that, folks, is why when you say, I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, we are not a republic, we are a democracy, and our founding fathers called democracy mobocracy because they knew that in the due course of time, those least willing to work or most least able to work would find out that they could get entitlements from the government and they would drive us into collapse. Mission accomplished. Those three men set up the economic situation for America to be taken over by the global elite and for a shadow government to be put in to rule us from behind the scenes. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, and due to your incredible support, the original My Slippers are almost completely sold out. As a special thank you, I am launching my brand new all-season slippers, slides, and sandals for as low as $29.98. This is a limited time offer, so go to MyPillow.com or call the number on your screen. Use your promo code and you'll get all my new footwear for as low as $29.98. My all-season slippers are made with my exclusive four-layer design that you won't find in any other slipper. They're finished with a breathable fabric so you can wear them all year round. And my new slides and sandals are made with patented impact gel, making them ultra comfortable and extremely durable. I guarantee they'll be the most comfortable footwear you'll ever own. So go to MyPillow.com or call the number on your screen now to get your very own all-season slippers, slides, and sandals for as low as $29.98 with your promo code. This is an introductory offer and it won't last long, so order now. So <clears throat> I think it was Samuel Adams said that uh, we, You correct me if it's not Samuel Adams, I get them mixed up. They all wore the same baggy pants. Is he the beer guy? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so one of those guys said you're living in the midst of a republic if you can keep it that was benjamin franklin yes okay. that was benjamin franklin right. he was leaving the, the congress and a woman came up to him and said sir what form of government have you yeah. given us and he replied a republic ma'am if you can keep it and what that meant was that there had never been a republic before a republic was a government of the people by the people for the people and it had certain requirements the people had to be educated they had to be able to read they had to be informed of the political issues of the day they had to be moral they had to be christians they had to be willing to vote their conscience and not vote for whatever was in their best interest but what was in the interest of the nation as a whole and we are so far away from being a republic now that it's not funny Everything is driven by greed and graph. I'm glad you brought that up. That's for our, for our listeners on the podcast. And I keep saying that because I think this episode is so important for you to watch and not just listen to. But but Larry has a great graphic up here. There are character caricature cartoon drawings of all these presidents: Wilson, Coolidge, FDR, Bush Senior, Johnson, Nixon, Carter, Slick Willie, Slick Willie Clinton. Bush Jr., Barry Satoro, <laughs> a.k.a. Barack Obama, and then uh, the, the, the lost loon, uh, Joseph Robinette Biden. But I think uh, you have to watch this episode just so you can see, if none other, Barry Satoro, because he has ears like a monkey. And, and great massive. big lips, man. And They've I mean, overgrown the lips. This is uh, this graphic. I, I told Randy before the show, I said, I'm stealing this. I have to use this on all of our social media because it's brilliant. So it says, Rogue Gallery of Traitors. Larry, please continue. 
All right, the next two are grouped together out of sequence, and it's George Bush Sr. and it's Johnson. Now, why would I put them together out of sequence? You, Randy, asked this question earlier, so now we're gonna talk about it. It's because before Bush Sr. became president, he was the director of the CIA, and Johnson was Kennedy's vice president. So if we go back to what I alluded to with medium, motive, means, and opportunity, I believe that there is, once the truth is released, that there was collusion between the director of the CIA because Kennedy was going to be taking their power away from them and a very ambitious Johnson to kill Kennedy. The, the mafia may have been involved, but clearly, in my opinion, the evidence supports the fact that these two men, Bush, Jr., Bush Sr. and Johnson, were complicit in the assassination of JFK. And when you do that's your studying and reading like I have been on JFK, it's just amazing to me. You have a man that's as intelligent and smart as Bush Sr., who's in the CIA, and he just, I, I think, Larry, I guess he had amnesia the day Kennedy was killed because he couldn't remember where he was or what he was doing the day that Kennedy was killed. I mean, isn't that amazing? <laughs> it, just, it just kind of, I, I think he was like sleeping through that event or something, but he just couldn't recall where he was or what he was doing at the time uh, JFK was assassinated. So it's, or could it's, he have been lying? I, I wonder I if he could have been lying. And I hate to... Oh, hold on. I got to put it on. Because <laughs> somebody somebody told me and showed a picture. There's an image at Daily Plaza the day that he was killed. It was a reverse photo. And you can mm -hmm. almost make out the person leaning up against the wall. And it looks like Bush Sr., Oh who, man, put that. You got to keep that hat on. Who I'm going to get struck. Randy has a tinfoil hat on right now for those of you listening. So. so I don't know if you've seen that or heard that conspiracy, but he might have been standing right there. <laughs> All right. Well, let's go back to to Bush Senior again. Now I'll talk about him as if he's president. Okay. So what did he do? Uh, he basically oversaw the first Gulf War. Remember, you drive a nation into debt over war and the whole story of the Middle East revolves around controlling the Middle East because of the oil so that America can have the, the dollar backed by oil. So I'm not gonna go into that in detail. Let's move on to, to Nixon, or as I call him, Tricky Dicky. Uh, Nixon had a very important assignment, but there was this break-in at a, um, an election center and it seems that he said, I didn't do it, I didn't do it, I didn't do it until the day he said, well, maybe I better resign. So at any rate, his assignment by the global elite was passed on to Jimmy Carter. And to me, Jimmy Carter appears to be an absolute buffoon. And I don't really think he was, but I think it's the nature of the assignment that he was given. He took over Nixon's role, which Nixon would have been much better at because he was powerful. But anyway, what he was supposed to do was to see the decline of America and the rise of China. So Carter was said, we have to have an event. And the event was an oil embargo, which gave the Fed the excuse to mingle in our finances and created something called stagflation, which was a period that lasted in the entire term of Carter, where interest rates were 18 to 21 percent, where inflation was 18 to 21 percent, where no American corporation could go out and borrow money for infrastructure or to build a new factory or for anything because our economy was absolutely flat. People couldn't buy their sell their houses. The economy was at an absolute standstill. And that gave China time to gear up to come after the American trade and break us down. And what, how they did it is they graciously produced tool and dies for people and then just happened to keep one for themselves and uh, rip off our intellectual pro property and come in and steal. That's how they got started taking the global trade away from America. So that was Carter's rule. And now we go and we're going to combine three more. If you have any comments on that before we go to the next three. No. No? I just okay. Said well, no, I see uh, eight or nine criminals, however many are on that screen. So we've got we've got Obama, we've got Bush Jr., and we've got Clinton. And we're going to start with Obama when he was running for senator. He was he just graduated from Harvard as a constitutional lawyer. He went to work for the leftist SCIU, and he filed a lawsuit 
against um, against the American public for something called redlining, which is a discriminatory charge where the banks basically won't loan money to blacks or people in, in distressed neighborhoods. And guess what? He won. Well, what happened is that was the basis for the predatory lending legislation that eventually led to the 08 uh, housing collapse and the financial collapse. So for the first time in history, another first, you could buy a house with no money down, no income verification. Now, if that isn't an invitation to financial, you know, mismanagement, I don't know what is. So then along came Bill Clinton, and we had a piece of legislation that had been in place for decades called the Glass-Steagall Act, and it prevented the mergers of banks, security firms, and uh, the stock market. So bottom line, uh, insurance companies, I'm sorry, because that would create banks that were too big to fail. So he repealed it. And the very next day, JP Morgan had the largest bank merger in the history of the world. Several other bank mergers occurred shortly after that. And when we did get to 08 to the collapse, guess what? The banks that had been formed because of those two men were so large that the American people had to bail them out. The banker gangsters took multi-million dollar bonuses and the American people lost their homes and lost their life savings. And that takes us to maybe the most egregious act of the three, and that was Bush Jr. And what happened is the the governor of Georgia had a previous bank, um, banking uh, background, and he put out a piece of legislation that would prevent predatory lending in the state of Georgia. Bush sent a whole plane load of people down, and he saw to it that that legislation was revoked, and he saw to it that additional legislation was written preventing any state in the union from passing any anti-predatory lending bills, saying it was the sole purview of the federal government. Then all he had to do was set back and do nothing until the bubble collapsed and Americans lost their homes and their life savings. It was all orchestrated by those three men on behalf of the global financial elite. Because remember, the whole idea is to drive nations into debt so that you can take them over, so that you can have a bankruptcy like we had in 1933 and place your people in the shadow government to rule every nation of the world from behind the scenes. If our citizens, Larry, just knew what these true, uh, what what these three you know criminals did, Slick Willie Clinton, Bush Jr., and Barry Satoro, aka Barack Obama, what they made during those bank mergers and all that financial fiasco. I mean, think about that. Think think of the billions and billions those three characters made together. Mm -hmm. It's disgusting. So that collapse in 08, it affected commercial real estate too, correct? Absolutely. So when these and the stock market when these four closed then how good that was like companies like BlackRock could swoop in and buy these things pennies on pennies on the dollar. Well, you remember God had me change jobs every three years. Yeah. And so I finally got out of corporate America. And guess what I went into? Real estate. And I was a real estate broker and I had my own small firm. And so I'm fully appraised of what happened in the real estate market. So the bottom line is they came in and every house that I sold following the 08 collapse was, I had to go to the, the person or the group who owned it, Blackwall. Fanny, Freddie, and say, will you take this offer? So what happened is the very people who benefited from the rise of the bubble, when real estate went up and up and up and up, were now the beneficiaries at the bubble when it collapsed because they owned the real estate, because they owned the, the banking notes. And so they made money as the bubble went up and they made money when the bubble crashed and they stole the life savings in the homes of American people. And think of what the American dream is to own a home and their financial security. And they stole that from millions and millions and millions of Americans. It's criminal. And that it's takes criminal. us to the last man, but it looked like you were about ready to make a comment. So please. Well, the last man is, uh, is, is some old codger that looks like he doesn't know where he is. He's wandering through a, a shopping mall where or, am a, I? Or, or, or a zoo somewhere. He doesn't know where he is and what way to turn. But uh, it looks to me like it's someone that pretends to be Joseph Robinette Biden, if I'm correct. I may be wrong. but <laughs> You are correct. And the only thing I want to say about Biden is think of everything that, that Trump did 
to make America great. He basically gave us back control of our energy. He put tariffs on China so that we could could have a, a participation in the in the global trade that was fair and honest. He get, got rid of NAFTA, the intentionally losing trade agreement that we had suffered on for under for 50 years. And the economy did what? It boomed. It absolutely boomed. So all I have to say about Mr. Biden, the pretender, is that think of what Trump did. Biden did 100% the opposite. Yep. Everything that Trump did to establish financial security and to make America great, Biden undid. And then here's something that I heard a while back that I want to repeat for the audience. At one point, as as Obama was leaving office, he was asked by a reporter, would you like to have a third term? And he said, no, but I would like to have the opportunity to whisper in someone's ear and tell them what to do. And now it seems that there's this man who is old and docile, and he keeps saying, what am I supposed to say? Who, what? I mean, so my opinion, just my opinion, folks, is that Barack Obama has his third term by proxy, whispering in the ear of Joe Biden. I'm glad you that because I was just about to ask you, for someone that doesn't know how to put one foot in front of the other, a.k.a. Joseph Robinette Biden, who do you think is actually running the show? And you just answered it. Beautiful. <laughs> that's my opinion. I can't prove that, but that's my opinion. So let's move on to the next slide and see where we go from here. Okay. One of you want to handle that for me? Sure. What we're looking at here is the Trilateral Commission, the Council on Foreign Relations. The Council on Foreign Relations, CFR, and Trilateral Commission, TC, are committed to ending U.S. sovereignty and birthing the one world government. What do you think of that, Randy? Uh, see, Are we looking forward to that for our kids and grandkids? <laughs> it says it all. Woohoo, baby. Yeah, one world government. Council of Foreign Relations and the Trilateral Commission. Unreal. Go ahead. How the, how the Council of Foreign Relations rules us cradle to grave. The Council of Foreign Relations is the establishment. Not only does it have the influence and power in key decision-making positions at the highest levels of government, such as Congress and the White House, to apply pressure from above, but it also finances and uses individuals and groups to bring pressure from below, community organizing groups, special interest groups, etc., to justify the high-level decisions for converting the U.S. from a sovereign republic into a servile member of a one-world dictatorship, and that came from no other but Congressman John R. Rarick. And let me break that down for you. This gentleman, Barry Satoro, happened to be AKA in Barack favor Obama. of a for those people that are yes. a little bit slow that are listening and watching. Hussein. <laughs> Hussein, yes. He seemed to be in favor of same-sex marriage. So what was happening that relates to this quote, which is another one of those replicable conditions, is that the people supporting at the ground level, the, the organized minority funded by the global elite, were pushing for that very thing. For years they had pushed for it and gotten nowhere. And then into office comes Barack Obama, and all he has to do is say, well, I'm in favor of it. But before he could do that, some paid-for media people had to go and film those small protests that were happening by the people who were pushing for gay rights and make it sound like they were an overwhelming mass of people asking for gay rights and asking for same-sex marriage and all that had to happen was Barack Obama come in and say, well, folks, it's clear. It's a mandate from the American people. And bam, instantaneously, we passed legislation that said that the marriage of a man and woman was no longer adhered to in the United States of America. Well, That's how that worked. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe when he was politicking, when he claimed to be, uh, you know, Barack Obama, and I think when he was politicking, didn't he oppose same-sex marriage? Wasn't he more focused on traditional marriage when he was trying to get elected or selected, I mean? Well, it seems to me that if you follow politicians, there's a trend. When campaigning, tell the people what they want to hear. Mm -hmm. When elected, tell them what the hell you plan on doing in the first place. So bottom line is, he told us what we wanted to hear and then did what he was told to do. So I he lied. He was campaigning. He, he claimed to be half black. And then after he was selected, 
he was the first black president. So, I mean, he was playing that race card during the, the selection process, not the election process. Kind of like Elizabeth Warren and, and Pocahontas. Being and... Indian, yeah. <laughs> oh, the other gal that like, was, was white and painted herself like half, like, like she had a really dark suntan and she tried to be black, but she really couldn't. Yeah, she, she got caught and yeah. made it look like a buffoon. But anyway, so I, I thought he was promoting, you know, traditional marriage when he was out politics. He was, he was. He was half black. So. Yep. So, I mean, the bottom line is they're told what to say when they're running and then they're told what to do when they're elected. So you're absolutely, absolutely right. You want to move on to the next one and see what we got? Our government is printing money at an unprecedented rate. Inflation and financial fear are at an all-time high and the fiat dollar and economy are going to crash. Whether you're a collector or investor and want to diversify and protect yourself against hard times or just have real money in your hand, then buy your precious metals from Miles Franklin, who has access to the largest inventory in the United States. You have no minimum or maximum order size. You get to work with brokers who have 30 years experience. You get a company that brings an A-plus Better Business Bureau rating and they're licensed and bonded. Plus, you get free educational resources. Miles Franklin, your source for precious metal investments 30 years of dependability. Be sure to use referral code GRIT when ordering. So what we've just said is the Council on Foreign Relations and the Trilateral Commission were two entities that were in favor of ending the U.S. democracy as we know it, or the Republic, and establishing a one world government. So if that's the case, you would think that our credible, honest politicians would not belong to one of those subversive organizations. And yet the reality is that almost anybody who's anybody in Washington belongs to one of those two subversive organizations. And I've just given you a slide that people can read it themselves, or you guys can point out some people if you want. I see uh, William Clinton on there. I see George Bush. I see Colin Powell. I see... Um, John Kerry. I mean, it's a list of who's who in Washington. They all are there because they were selected and put in office to end the United States of America and birth the one world government. I'm gonna our, that's our shadow okay. government. Are you okay if I briefly read those? Yeah, go ahead. Then I, I got so, sure. Go ahead. It says, you know, because I think a lot of our, I think a lot of our audience and people in America really want to know who is running the government. Because I think a lot of people still think because of the media that the government is really the government. When we, you know, people that have a brain know that's not the case. Well, let, let's hold on before you read this. Then my question is: There's some of these on here. Um, let's see. Uh, where's it at? Uh, some of them are dead. Some of them are so old. Walter Mondale, is he still alive? No, I don't think so. So what my question is, if they're not on this list now or they're dead or, or they're dead or gone, are they replacing them with other people? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, there's hundreds and hundreds of them. I simply cherry-pick the list to give people, dead or alive, names that were clearly name-recognizable by people so that they wouldn't have to shake their head and say, well, who's that? Who's that? Who's that? Okay. Virtually every name on here, most Americans should recognize who they are. This has been going on since almost the founding of America, especially when we started with Wilson going forward. The last hundred years, they've been doing this. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to list this off. It says the Shadow Government, Council of Foreign Relations, and Trilateral commission members in Washington. There's a column, and then it shows if they're a member of the Council for Foreign Relations and the Trilateral Commission, or just one or the other. So it's Brzezinski, Z. Brzezinski, Colin Powell, George Bush, William Clinton, William Jimmy, Clinton Carter, Jimmy Carter, Walter Mondale, John McCain, Al Gore, Hillary Clinton, Condoleezza Rice, John Kerry, James Woolsey, Robert Gates, Henry Cisneros, and Dick Cheney. Those are, like, like uh, Larry said, just all real recognizable names, mm -hmm. but I'm sure there's hundreds and thousands, probably thousands of more people than just the, than that's on here. So, unbelievable. There's a quote we'll get to later that kind of gives you a number. So it might even be the next slide. I'm not sure. Can you go to the next one? There you go. I'll let you read it because you brought it up. This is the traitors. I think there are 25,000 individuals that have used offices of power 
and they are in our universities, and they're in our congresses, and they believe in one world government. And if you believe in one world government, then you are talking about undermining national sovereignty, and you're talking about uh, setting up something that you could well call a dictatorship. And those are, or those plans are there. And that was by Congressman Ron Paul. He got my vote, by the way, back in the day. And I, big Ron. I love Ron Paul. <laughs> So that says it. Basically, there's in his estimation, 25,000 people that should be on that list that we read just a second ago. And, and so I'd we, say probably even more than that. that. And it goes to every nation. That's just talking about America. Oh, so if yeah. we talk about it globally, there are probably hundreds of thousands of people who've been bought and paid for and placed into office under the guises of illegitimate election process. And we as taxpayers have funded them all to be there, every one of them. Absolutely. And this, if you look at that 25,000 and they mentioned congresses and universities, it is so entangled. And now we're going to throw in the medical, churches, and, churches medical and pharmaceutical companies. Yep. And don't forget the corporations and the banks. Yep. And oh, the yeah. media. Don't forget the bank. And the media. Anybody, anybody who has power or influence is subject to being bought and used to achieve the goals of the global elite, which is to collapse America first, because we stand in the way. We're the only nation strong enough to keep them from getting their one world government. We're we're enemy number one. Larry, my biggest concern is, and I think uh, a lot of our audience would agree, I think a large percentage of people don't even have any idea what we're talking about or any of this is even going on. And a bigger concern is a lot of those that are in the conservative or conservative Christians don't even have any idea what's going on. Do you agree with that? Or do you say, Darren, you're crazy? Leave. I agree, but I think some things are changing. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna move away from pure fact to some things that some people may call tinfoil. I don't know, but basically I believe that there is a movement in the background. I call them the white hats and the proof of that in my mind is that something has happened that's never happened before. We've got a media that's controlled, that's bought and paid for. But despite that, sometimes through regular news media now, oftentimes on the Internet, but the truth is getting out. Exposures are being made and little by little, more and more people are coming to the truth. And the reality of history is that governments are overthrown by a very small number of people two, three, four, five percent of the people, if they stand up and say no, can topple the nation. And it can be done without having to have a war. So the best example of that is India. Mahatma Gandhi, now for those who don't know, was was a politician and was a, a man of God. And he would go on fast and tell the people of India, boycott the financial system of the British. Go on rolling strikes. And they did. They did everything he said to do. And the entire government of, of India turned over. The British gave them their independence. So what the American people need to do at the least is to, to get informed, just like you're saying, to stand up. And at some point, we're going to have a video that's going to talk about the concrete steps that people need to take. But in the background, it's my opinion that there is a group of military that's been working ever since 1963 when Kennedy was assassinated to unravel the global financial elite system. And they're the ones that are seeing to it that more and more disclosures are happening, that, that the truth is coming out about various presidents and about various things about the, the virus, for example. And the more that happens, the more people are waking up. And I believe we're, we're looking around the world now, and this I think is the best example I can give to the question you ask. You look at, you look at Brazil, there are hundreds of thousands, maybe even millions of people protesting right now. Argentina, France is in protest, Britain is in protest, Japan is in protest, China is in protest. The world has never seen what is happening now because enough people are awake that they're in mass enough that they can actually topple government. So my pinnacle example of that is China, who when they had the Tiananmen Square massacre, uh, decades ago, they just rolled the tanks out, got the machine guns, and killed everybody. This time, there are there are too many protesters all over China, and so what's happened is finally, 
the, the Chinese people did two things. They held up pieces of blank paper. And for those of you who have seen those videos, let me tell you what that represents. So that they won't be arrested for insurrection against the Chinese government, that white piece of paper is their sign, their symbol that they're protesting against the CCP. But there's another event that happened, and some of those people were brave enough to actually chant and make signs saying, down with the CCP, down with JG Ping. So we're beginning to get the truth, and the truth is going to set us free. So I believe you're right, Randy, but it doesn't take 50% of the people. It takes just a small percentage of the people. We will win. We absolutely will win. Larry, you said you thought the military has been working on this since 1963. I mean, we're talking 59 years. Why is it taking mm -hmm. 59 years to unravel all this, uh, you know, you know, deep state, you know, nefarious, uh, you know, crime cabal? Well, remember those people's pictures that we showed that were killed? They were just the ones that everybody would recognize. Lots of people have been killed, people that you wouldn't know. Anytime anybody has stepped out and tried to tell the truth, they've, their names have been tarnished. They've been, they've been falsely accused of things or they've been assassinated. And so people have been intimidated into being quiet. But now people are beginning to feel like there's enough momentum that whistleblowers are stepping out like they've never stepped out before. And an example of the power shift that's taking place is these global elite entities, as exposures are made about them, their stocks are falling, they're going through the floor. That's something that we've never seen before. That's gonna issue in the transfer of the wealth from the wicked to the righteous. So the best example of that I could give is Twitter. Twitter stock was way, way down. I mean, they still paid a fortune, but Elon Musk bought it and what's he doing now? He's telling us a lot, an awful lot of information. People are following Elon Musk and he, at this point, I think, is our best disseminator of the truth of what has been done to steal our elections. And there's more and more coming out and more that's going to come out. And there's a there's a connection to, I mean, three years ago when this all started going down, we were warned to watch that we would start seeing CEOs backing out of their companies. And mm -hmm. we're seeing lots of them. And I, I think we've seen some more this past couple of weeks. Not to mention some of them are uh, have relation connections to the Clinton kill train, and they're being offed. But uh, well, not only CEO stepping down, but you know, supposed selected leaders of certain countries backing oh, out of that's their true. selected positions, that's not true. elected positions. You yeah. know what I mean? They're just backing out. They're just saying, "I'm done. I'm out of here," because they know the, the it, it's getting pretty hot in the kitchen, and it's going to get hot real quick. Yep. There's a video that I watched that relates to this topic. It was 2016, and Trump went on a tour around the world, and the graphics on that were just amazing. He went to, to Saudi Arabia, and he was part of something called the sword ceremony. As soon as he got there, the crown prince stepped down, and a new crown prince was named. And according to their tradition, when that ceremony takes place, only the new crown prince is allowed to hold the sword. So... Ben Solomon passed the sword to Trump. Mm -hmm. So you got to read into that, whatever you want to read into it. But he went from nation to nation to nation. And as he went, things happened. So he went to England. England is the head of the snake, or at least it's one of the Medusa heads of the snake. And something again happened that never happened before. He met with the queen and he walked in front of her. And he stopped to talk to her guard and made her Beautiful. wait while he had a conversation. What do those things mean? They mean that you have been caught, that I have everything I need to expose you. And so basically these nations, one by one by one, their leaders were, were basically told, you're done. You're, you're now going to follow our agenda, not the global elites. And he went around the world from nation to nation. And my favorite picture was when he went to another one of the Medusa snake's heads and he went to the Vatican. And there's this picture that is priceless. It is a picture of Trump and he's smiling like the Cheshire cat with a smile covers his whole face. And the Pope is standing there, looked like he just took a poison pill because 
he had been exposed. And so basically it's my belief that he went around the world. And then with that, there was a second tour that took place that was done by Ben Solomon, Solomon where remember oil is the, is the, the single most important thing to our dollar. And he went to corporations after corporation after corporation and literally a couple of hundred CEOs the following couple of years resigned. So that takes us right back to where you were. I believe that one by one by one, the power has been shifting in the backgrounds and we're going to see the entire financial elite's house of cards collapse in the very near future. It can't happen soon enough. Now that's... Bring them all down. <laughs> collapse them all, every one of them. We have to because what we've been fighting is we think we won the Revolutionary War. Well, the Revolutionary War was just a battle and a war that's gone on. Before before George Washington was even out of his second term, we had gone bankrupt and were back under the Central Bank of England, which was the very reason we fought the war in the first place was not to be under it. So we gained ground and then they come back at us. We grain ground and they come back at us. So the only way that the American people and the people of the entire world are gonna get their freedom is if the entire financial elite system collapses. And that's gonna be painful. But in the coming weeks, we're gonna do an episode that is going to talk about the very economic system that God has shown me and that history has revealed that is going to replace the global elite. And it was birthed by America during the Civil War. I'll keep that for another time. But Larry, it I is think, tangible. I think you've got a lot of things up your sleeve for some something just <laughs> I, do. I don't know if it's just intuition or you know, if I'm if I'm prophetic, maybe. 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 Yeah, I mean, he's. I'm, yeah, I don't know what to say. I think. I think we're going to have you back on, maybe at least one more time. You know, with all the information you're uh, you're bringing, and you have a. You know, we talked a little bit, so our viewers and our audience. I think you have pretty much, uh, you know, enough content to to carry through for at least six to eight months on uh, all kinds of different uh, specific targeted, you know, topics. If 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 my memory serves me correct. Am I right? Yeah. I've been, I've been researching since my near-death experience in 1968 so that a lot of this is not stuff that I read about. It's stuff that I experienced firsthand. And so no matter how the, the history books over the last hundred years have been changed, I know better because I saw what happened. I lived it with my own life. I was in China prior to Tiananmen Square. I've been to Europe as they were forming the European Union. I was in Canada when they implemented socialized medicine. I worked for, for a construction company building high rises, working with thermite. So when those towers came down, I knew that they came down by controlled demolition using thermite. So mine has been a life of study and a life of practical real world experiences that was designed by God to expose the global elite. And you know, mention what you said. 50 thermite. years. I mean, if people watch, if you watch, you know, hotels being demolitioned in, uh, demoed in Vegas or something, and watch how they come down or, you know, fall within themselves. Other buildings. Randy, you're in the construction industry. You know how that stuff works. I mean, if you look at the, at the two, at the Twin Towers and how that happened in Building 7, and Building 7, for those of you that don't know, uh, it, it came down the same way. By itself. But the media didn't talk about Building 7. But anyway, for people that don't really think that they were controlled demolition, it was planned, I, I just, I don't understand their thought process and their, you know, they still think it was, they were jet engine or jet planes flying into the the buildings, which made them collapse. And it, just the, how they were synchronized and how it was all just so well, it was just like, I just remember they just came down like this. I remember where I like was. The second, unlike George Bush, when Kennedy got assassinated, I do remember where I was on 9-11. <laughs> you know? But just if you watch them come down, it, it it's not from a plane hitting a building. It's no possible way. But yet the media has played that hundreds and thousands of times over and over and over and over to people that are smart people, educated people that are, you know, that have common sense that still think that's what happened. So I'd love to have you back on just on a show on on – on stuff like that, what you were in the construction. I've got all kinds of photographs, plus my real world experience. And I'll just throw one little confirmation comment out. Remember where those planes hit? It was up way high, like 74th floor or something. Yeah. I've got photographs 
in the lobby and the basement where all of the glass in the lobby are shattered and the stairs going down into the basement have collapsed. So why would you skip 60 floors with no broken glass and then all of a sudden the lobby and the basement are utterly destroyed? Here's why. There's two steps to bringing a building down by, by, by controlled demolition. You go up to the upper levels and you plant dynamite in all the support columns and you pop them one after another and that causes that weight to fall in on the building. But to make that bring the whole building down, you have to go to the basement and cut all the support beams inward. And so basically when that top of the building is exploded, it falls in and then the, the support columns slide off and that creates the V. But I've got a mass of photographs that if we do a show on that, I guarantee you nobody will leave that show believing that it was a pancake theory or that the planes took the, the heat from the, the, the jet engine that burns at 1250 degrees caused that. So we can do a whole show on that if you want. Well, I'm sure, Larry, that that one will be the one that will get us our third strike on YouTube. I just have a feeling. Again, I'm prophesying again. But I, I have a feeling that once we air that one, but, but if we wait long enough. See, we have to wait so long between strikes, and then we start over. So we get, like, our first strike, then our second strike. And if we get our third strike within a certain amount of time from the second strike, we're done. We're off. We're kicked off of YouTube forever, even though we have multiple channels as backups. So if we wait long enough to air your show, we kind of, like, start over again. We go to the front of the line. Well, then we'll wait for six months to do that one. Okay. How's that? Yeah, I'm excited. He's already said something about doing the life and times of Barry Sitaro. Oh, I love it, Barry. A.K.A. Barack Obama? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. Hussein. Well, Larry, thank you so much for being here again. I, hey, we, we can't cut him off uh, yet. But we, you, you want more? Well, wait a minute here. Okay. Hold on. we got to talk about this right here. Oh, my gosh. Trump and Cyrus. Tell us about this. Yes. Well, as you know from earlier conversations that we've had, Everything that I have written in my book, Liberty Crusade, is based upon that near-death experience where God showed me everything that was going to happen from 1963 till just a little bit past now. So the book is based upon irrefutable historical events tied to the Bible. So what you're seeing here is you're seeing a temple coin, the coins, the very kinds of coins that Christ tipped over the tables and turned upside down. And when Trump came in, Netanyahu had this coin minted, and it is of the profile of King Cyrus and Donald Trump. And for those of you who are not Bible historians, Cyrus was the king that uh, Daniel went to when the, 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 the Jewish people had been in captivity for 70 years, and he read him a scripture, and it said, you, King Cyrus, it named him will set my people free upon the 70th year of their anniversary. And he gave them the money to go back and rebuild the wall. So that's why this is here, because many of us who are Christians, strong Christians, believe that Donald Trump is King Cyrus. He was put back into power in the United States of America to set the captives free, to, re to build the wall, to basically restore America to greatness. And if you look at what happened under his first term, America had the greatest economic resurgence that it ever had. America meant something in the world. People were proud to call themselves Americans. I believe God's hand is with that man. It is with America and it is with the world. And we are not going to have a financial reset controlled by the Carl Swabs of this world and the global elite. The captives are gonna be set free. And this takes us all the way back to the beginning, way back to, to Abraham, when a covenant was stricken with Abraham and God said that you shall be, you shall, your descendants shall be as the sands of the seas and the stars of the sky. And, and you, you will represent a great nation, singular and great nations. And those two nations are Brit Britain, the nation that colonized the world and America. God needed a universal language, and that is English. And God has prepared everything. We are in covenant with God, and so is Israel. And what is coming is God's harvest of soul. The global elite have gotten ahead of themselves. This is not time for the tribulation. We're not that far into the book of Revelation. What we're going to see is an unparalleled awakening 
a harvest of souls, and we're going to see signs, wonders, and miracles around the entire world. What the Bible calls the latter-day rain is getting ready to fall on the world, and the captives are getting ready to be set free. I always like to close on something positive, and that's right out of the Bible, and I believe it is absolutely going to happen. And that man is going to play a pinnacle role in bringing that about. God will get the glory. God will see to that. But we need a Cyrus M to lead our ship of state. Beautiful. I love so, it. So the, the, the draining of the swamp is happening. Yes. It's just not as happening as fast as we want. No, I mean, it's not, I'm as, very, fun. It's I not mean, as fun as I thought. I have ADD, and I like I like things immediate. I mean, I want instant action. I want instant results, man. I, I thought mean, we were going to get to see people drug through the streets. And, and it says here the executive legislature, the executive, legislative, and judicial have all been bought by the financial elite. Those are the three branches of government. But I, Randy and I have there's really five branches of government. There's the executive, legislature, judicial, media. And pharmaceutical. Those are the five branches of government. So I, I truly believe that they're all bought and paid for by the financial elite. So I want to bring up something uh, with that statement that they've all been bought out. It was just recently released, and I, I don't know where to tell you to get it. It's been posted on social media, but there's a testimony of uh, an individual uh, from a law firm that they've done uh, an investigation. I guess they followed the money, and they laid out the complete corruption of everything going on in Arizona all the way back to the cabal fake people mm -hmm. fake mortgages fake degrees what's her name what's uh Katie Hobbs Katie Hobbs has all these deeds of trust she's they're they're laundering money through her and yeah you got to see this video your your jaw will hit the floor never had any idea it was this bad do you have a link for it uh, I don't. At this point, I don't. Um, it's just been passed around on text and, and different media like Facebook. I have a link. Do you know the, do you know the exact name? The prolific researcher that I am and the uh, and the data analyst and, and, and uh, programmer. programmer that I am, Larry, you know, with ADD, <laughs> I have the link that I might I might be able to share with you and possibly with our audience that I think you would actually find very interesting and intriguing. Hey, look over here. That seep, shiny thing. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we will we will drop the link for that video in the show notes of this show. So I think people will be it's pleasantly surprised on uh, on what they see and hear with this video. So Larry, Excellent. thanks for uh, Great way to close. Thanks for sharing truth bombs with us and our audience again. You never uh, you never fail to uh, to bring the heat, and uh, <laughs> we love having you on. We're glad you met, we met you at uh, at the Reawaken America tour in Branson, and you know. At first, I thought we might have a diamond in the rough, but man, you're you're like there's no rough, man. You're just you're just diamonds and gems, man. You're bringing it all the time, and we we appreciate your uh, your research and your way you deliver the 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 material, and you're just uh, you're a, a a true a blessing to our country. So thank you for doing this, and I'm uh, thank you glad to, I'm I'm still reading your book, uh, Liberty Crusade. If uh, people have not gotten it. Make sure you get Larry's book, Liberty Crusade. It's a fantastic read. It breaks it down from beginning of time until upward, uh, where we are now, really. So it's a great read, and I uh, highly, highly recommend you get it. So, Larry, until next time, we're going to have you back on. Thank you so much. Keep fighting the fight and uh, bringing truth to Americans. We'll see you later. Thank you. Bye-bye. See you. Thanks for watching another exciting episode of Patriots with Grit. We want to keep you informed, so if you would, just go over to PatriotsWithGrit.com and give us your first name and your email so we can keep you up to date. Also, be sure to subscribe, like, and share so we can keep bringing you truth. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time. See ya.